You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. I was just making a face at Jill in the in the thing. Hello, everybody. Hello, people. We made it home uh, from the Oddities and Curiosities Expo. And what a ride, Jill. Holy crap. That was a lot to take in in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really felt like we were down there for like two days. We did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then I was joking with my husband because he's always going on business travel and all that kind of stuff. And so then when I was packing, I was like, holy shit, this is a business trip. (laughs) I feel like an adult right now. I'm taking Mm -hmm. a business trip. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we were, yeah, I felt that way. I was like, oh my God. Okay. Yep. We're doing this. Okay. And then our car ride down. So Jill picks me up and we're both just like at a 10 anxiety wise, but quiet. (laughs) Riding the razor's edge. And we leave, and it's just a like quiet car ride, lots of tension, and then it's traffic in Salt Lake, and then the most random rainstorm that was like a yeah. car wash. It was like a car wash, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then we made the joke, like, because we've been friends for quite some time, but this is the first time we've done an overnight trip We've together. never had so a sleepover. It was, like, it was like the first date jitters, yeah. like, yeah. Right, am I, are we going to... Does she do some weird thing at night? <laughs> no. Am I going to do something that she thinks is weird? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah, because I and I was like, we spend quite a bit of time together, but never like where we don't just like after we do an interview, like leave and go to our respective corners. So Jill and I were both just kind of like walking like in light steps, and then we would both do something similar, and we'd be like, oh, okay. And we both, when we got to the hotel room and checked in, I went straight for the thermostat and like, <laughs> just turned it down. And Jill was like, good job. And yeah, it was, um, yeah. And then we were just like, okay. And then when we were coming home, we were just like, all right, we could do this. We, we yeah, stood. We did it. We, we made it. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure we're solid now. Mm-hmm. We like similar road snacks, just different varieties. Yes. I'm a really great co-pilot and navigator when yes, the map that's is co- cooperating. Because I love, I don't mind driving in traffic. Like it bug it does not bug me at all. If I can drive through LA traffic with two toddlers getting mm-hmm. to LAX, mm-hmm. I can handle anything. I felt so but safe. I cannot look and like, okay, is this the exit? And GPS is like, Take exit 295, 10,400 South, <laughs> Mediocre Way, South Lehigh. Well, okay. okay. Minute. It's, what it's exit? Be- it's because the exits in Utah, like they have all of the street names are like just long numbers, like 800 East, 700 North, 10,000 West, Temple Boulevard. Like, so you're literally, and then you're on five to six lanes of freeway. And the exits are on the right, and you go off the exit, and then they crisscross applesauce <laughs> underneath <laughs> the freeway. So you're literally just in the mercy of the Lord, which I guess what better place to be than I mean, Utah. if you're going to be that way, you might as well be there. But I but felt it was so safe. <laughs> so okay. safe. 
I know everybody was like, who's driving? I was like, oh, I'm driving. And my friend Eunice, she's like, it's because you're such a good driver. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't mind it. And then Tammy's like, I love it when you drive because I can just go to sleep. <laughs> I, I'm not a sleeper. I'm not a sleeper co-pilot. I'll go <laughs> ride to dawn with you only because I'm anxious as a person. And I, feel I like, am too. <laughs> I feel like if I fall asleep, you're just going to die. And then it's my fault because I fell asleep. I know. I'm always like, I'll take like when we go anywhere and my husband drives, I'll like read, you know, so I stay awake and then I kind of doze off and then I jump back up like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm crashing. <laughs> and he's like, straight and narrow. You're like, Haven't oh. been for an hour. And I'm like, good job. I knew I could trust you. <laughs> like wide eyes. Yeah, it was... um and Jill drives everywhere when we go somewhere. I don't drive. And that's yeah. and then I was started to get like self-conscious about my driving. I'm like, I'm not a bad driver. I just don't like to drive. I hate it the whole time. The entire time. So I was very happy. And it was, yeah, it was nice because we were in your car rather than my SUV. And that makes it so much better. But we did a lot of firsts. We went to, we pulled off the freeway and we I had been stuck in pretty bad traffic. And it added about 45 minutes to an hour to like us yeah. getting to where we needed to be. And we got off the freeway and we're headed to the hotel. And Jill, Eagle Eye, was like, there's a Savers. Let's go to Savers. And I think we talked about this in a Curio Corner, one of these episodes coming out. But I had never been to a Savers. And I was blown away. I know. Like, I was shocked, actually, because I thought everybody's been to a Savers. Mm-hmm. Because we have them in Boise. And that's the one I I like those over Goodwill. And that's what I told you when we went in. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I like these way more than I do Goodwill. And you kind of gave off like, okay. Yeah, no. right. All right, Jill. We'll see. Pump the and then, like, <laughs> so then we grab our cart. And it's bigger than Goodwill. Mm-hmm. Huge. It was like the size yeah. of a grocery store. I yeah. always have to have a cart. It's like my security blanket. If you shop with me, we're getting post-its. I have a cart. I just. Yeah. I never get a cart because then I figure if my hands are too full, I have to stop. Yeah. And I would like to say that that's not true. Not true. She failed that test. I did. Way bad. But yeah, we got um, we got a cart and I was like, why does it get this long pole on it? What's going on with that? Is it so they can see you in the store? <laughs> and Jill's like, no. And so they don't steal the carts. And I was like, oh, right. That's a thing. People do yeah, that. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing mm-hmm. with the cities yeah it was we found i found some cute candles i'm sure we talked about this and then we found some athleisure stuff yeah which i i got home and i was so excited to show ethan Mm -hmm. and then we washed it and everything and i went to put one on and it was super tight and i was like all right i know i've gained a little weight but this seems a bit much and i pulled it off Three of the shirts were size small. <gasps> they were in the wrong place. Like, damn it. I thought I looked. <laughs> You're just so excited. I was so excited. Yeah. But- yeah. And then we, we left there and we went to the hotel and checked in. And that was nice. Um, then we got to our hotel room and instantly got into our pajamas. <laughs> Yeah, we and then we even had the conversation like, do we go out to grab something to mm-hmm. eat or do we stay here? And I was like, we're door dashing mm-hmm. because I can't do it anymore. And I was very happy to hear that because I was like, I'm chill to just stay here 
And so we ordered from this place called Spud Tato's. And it was like, it was either potato skins, fries, or mashed potatoes with toppings, which is like quintessential Idaho food. Yes, which I'm kind of surprised we don't have anything like that here. So I had like poutine, like their version of poutine with a a whole mess of jalapenos added on top. And Jill got, she made her own. Yeah, I got, so I had a mashed potato base, Mm -hmm. which they used instant. Disappointing. A little disappointing. However, the pulled pork and barbecue sauce, cheese, sour cream, green onions, and jalapenos made up for it. Shit. That sounds good. That's good. And mine, yeah, mine was just cheddar, white cheddar cheese, curds, fries, gravy, and some other cheese and potato and fries. But they were, okay, this is where they'll gain that half a point back is they were home fries. They were not. See, and that's what I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. They did home fries, but then instant mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, like, so it was fine. And like my taste was, my taste has been like coming and going. So I could kind of taste the tang in the barbecue sauce and I could taste the jalapeno. So I was just like, all right, I give you like a solid seven. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, delightful. And then I forgot pants, and so we had to go to Target. <laughs> I bought them. I saw them when I came home. They were on my bed. But, uh, yeah, I was getting my stuff out to hang up, and I was like, God damn it. Jill's like, what? I, like, I forgot my fucking pants. But we were in a big enough city that the, there was a Super Target, so we got we went to Super Target twice in 24 hours. Yeah, it was, um, anyways, let's get to the expo. We had, that's just how the Jill and I's whole thing was, was just that mishaps. Yeah. Um, but we were graciously invited by one of the first interviews you guys are going to hear today by Sarah Thistle of Scavenged Parts. She reached out to us on Instagram graciously and she said, Hey, I know you guys live close to Salt Lake City. Would you guys, are you guys going to go to this expo? And Jill and I have a lot going on this month. Jill specifically, we were like, I don't know if we'll be able to swing it. And then the trip in October. And she offered us some vendor passes. And we were like, well, yeah, she sweetened the deal. She sweetened it right up. And we went, yes, please. So that was another kind of layer of getting there was meeting somebody who we don't know that listens to the show. And Sarah, if you're listening on your drive, it was so wonderful. It was, it was surreal because mm-hmm. I just, you and I just kept thinking, we're just us. Mm-hmm. And we forget that so many people listen to mm-hmm. us and they, I mean, we talk about everything and anything and yeah. it's like, yeah, you totally know yeah. a good portion of our lives. But she was so cute because we had just gotten back from Target mm-hmm. and uh, she was just like, I'm so excited to meet you. And we're like, ah turtle like just hide like oh just it's just us yeah like and i was in my target skeleton pajamas okay yeah but she was so yeah she comes running across the parking lot jill's 30 paces back got my six and she runs up and gives me a great big hug and she's like i can't believe i'm meeting you i listened to the show anyways it was it was very surreal and then we did the awkward thing where we were like, okay, bye. And we were walking to the door and they, the, her group was also walking to the same back door. And I was like, oh, are we doing that awkward thing where we're both going to the same? Yep. The whole. Yeah. We did it. And then like our floors were three, four and five. So we were like, and there was no elevator music. So it's quiet. This couldn't mm-hmm. like hum to the thing. <laughs> yep. And we got <laughs> off and we were like, okay, hey, we'll see you guys 
in the morning. And yeah. um, we got up, got ready, and we ran to Target to get some batteries because this was our very first field recorded interviews ever. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even know our recorder could do that. And, you know, when we tested it out and it was like pretty impressive. Yeah. And I mean, of course, you guys will hear in these interviews, there is some interference and there's some noises, and different things like that. But we were inside the expo hall with the microphone attached to the end of our recorder, which is a Zoom H6. And I was pleasantly surprised with what we got. And we um, we get there and it was incredible. We came in through the back, through the loading dock. And before the show opened, we got there about 30 minutes before opening. And we were trying to be cautious of like not interrupting people while they were finishing their setup. Yeah, because we got there an hour before the show. And mm-hmm. most people had their stuff set up and some people were still setting up mm-hmm. and but it was like that whole thing too, where we're like, "Hey, so we're part of a podcast." And Sarah was so sweet, and she was telling everybody. Oh, she did too. We were. I was like, "Oh, good." So they kind of know that we're not like some strange people Randos. with a microphone in your face. Yeah. And so we, because we had met Sarah and talked to her first, we interviewed her first. And that is what you're going to hear right now. We'd love to introduce you guys to Sarah Thistle of Scavenged Parts. Hello, and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Jill Huffman. And today we are on location at the Oddities and Curiosities Expo in Salt Lake City. And we are starting the day off with the person that got us here in the first place, longtime listener, First time meter, we are here with Sarah of Scavenged Parts. Hi, Sarah. Hi. I know, it's very official. Now imagine sitting in my basement doing that. I, I, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Just thank you. First of all, we said last night we met at the hotel. We were so excited. And thank you so much for reaching out to us and offering. I, I, I really wanted to. I was just like, <laughs> you guys have to see this. Like, after everything I've heard on the podcast, I'm like, you absolutely have to come to this. And we were we were both like, because we, we had talked about coming, but we are, you know, Jill's busy with kids stuff right now and life in general. And we were just like, well, fuck, we can't not go now. So we packed up the stuff and we recorded the Curio Corner last night. But we just got to the expo and everybody is still kind of setting up. So if you guys are listening to this episode, that's why the audio is a little different. because we are on site recording. But we walked to Sarah's booth and I've only ever seen pictures of it. But I want to know, because we ask everybody, what started you on the journey of collecting antiques and vintage? So, um, I, I grew up uh, in flea markets and stuff like that. My mom is a collector and hoarder. Okay. And uh, so her collection was always depression glass. Oh. And so it was always the pink, the green, and also carnival glass too, mm-hmm. the super old stuff. And so our last name is Thistle. And so we were always on the hunt for the thistle pattern. Oh, in right. That. So it's and meant to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, doing that with her. And then my dad has always liked antique automobiles and stuff like that. Oh. So he refurbishes, you know, antique autos. So it, it's very, very deep in my family. So my yeah. dad and my brother actually have a big shop that they built out on my brother's property. Oh, no And way. so they've been work. They have like a fleet of like... 17 cars at this point that they work on. Wow. And yep. are they all antiquing just yep. classic cars? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I yeah. Love so that. my favorite is the GMC 1956 bakery truck. Oh. 
that really kind of looks like a hearse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't go, we did see yeah. a hearse outside. Yeah. And we were oh yeah, yep. for that actually, well. that is the vendor right next to me. That is his hearse. Yeah. <laughs> it's meant to be. And that's what he travels the country doing these shows with too. Which I mean, it's perfect, right? Because yeah. there's, I mean, the load there's capacity space. is pretty. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about your collecting, like what do you, what do you personally collect versus what you sell or is it kind of everything? So this is kind of what my house generally looks like. Same. And it's just kind of a um, extension of that. And so I rotate a lot of stuff in and out of my collection, but the things that I really seek out is, you know, thistle stuff. Oh, right. So I have a giant cabinet of thistle stuff. Mm -hmm. I also have a collection of briar horses that also started when I was very young. That was oh. another thing that we picked up at flea markets and everything. Mm -hmm. So there is also that. I see one. Um, I also collect a lot of uh, old medical bottles and stuff, but I really like anesthesia. So oh. I have like full bottles of ether and bromoform Ooh. and stuff Dang like it. that. Dang it, I wish I would have. I have a first aid kit at my house that has the ether mask. Oh, in that's the, awesome. Because yeah. I found it, I dug it out of an estate sale somewhere in Idaho. I think at Pocatello. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I've always loved old bottles and then the medical bottles mm -hmm. are a great thing to collect. And your eye, it's like I said, your pictures that you post do not do your booth justice. No. <laughs> because you have... Because you cover every gambit, what is what's your favorite thing to like source and sell? Uh, the the medical stuff is my absolute favorite. Yeah, and that is that is something I research a lot on, and uh, especially going through the older books and stuff like that, mm -hmm. just how far we've come. Right. And uh, yeah, the the really fun books are like the 1700s and stuff with all of the diagrams and everything. And a lot of it is literally just guessing and just to see how far we've come over the years. And even the even the books from the 50s, it's yeah. incredible to see how much has changed. Yeah, and like what the protocols mm -hmm. are now. Like I have a first aid book from like 53. Yeah. And like looking through it, I'm like, oh, this is terrifying. I hope nobody reads well, this. How do you think I feel? This Actually, is in the medical yeah. field, I'm like, oh God. That's and, painful. Yeah, because it's, it's terrifying, and I hope that most people who collect medical, like, keep it in their collection. Yes, not out yes, and about. yes, yes. Um, tell us a little bit about your setup. When you travel as an exhibitor, what are, like, your key things you need to have to set up? So, and, you know, you saw the van and the trailer. So pretty much my entire setup goes into the trailer. So it's like have to have the shelving, have to have the grid wire. Wow. And then as far as stock, I always try and have, you know, a well-rounded booth. So it's like I always have at least a tote or two of books mm -hmm. that are something in the realm of these topics and everything. Yeah. And then uh, definitely I must have, especially in the last year, has been a uranium glass. So it's like I absolutely... Have you noticed that gain in popularity? Yes, yes. It is... Um, it has definitely gained a lot in popularity. And then I always try and have, you know, antique religious stuff, because even from like an aesthetic aspect, mm -hmm. it's really fun. Yeah. Obviously always the medical. And then I absolutely love Hollywood Regency as mm -hmm. well. And I just feel like it fits really well with yeah, the Gothic home. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I always have my hand refurbished furniture, so. Yeah. 
You really covered every base, and I can't wait to spend some money in your booth today. <laughs> yes, I've already picked out several things that yeah. I want. <laughs> well, we'll let you get back to setting up. Thank you so much thank from you. the bottoms of our hearts. I can't and wait to take a picture. And thank you both for coming out. I'm so happy you guys made it. Oh, my God. We can't wait. This is already so fun. Her booth, I say it in the interview, but her booth does not do any justice to like the picture she takes. It was packed with no. incredible vintage. Yeah. And the best part about her booth was like, it had everything, a little of everything. Mm-hmm. It had uranium glass. It had porcelain. It had um, pictures and like furniture. Yeah. And I mean, she had everything. She went from the macabre to classic collecting to she covered from the late 1800s to the 1970s. And her prices were incredible. <laughs> I know. I was like, ma'am, mm-hmm. feel like we should just increase these just a tiny bit. Yeah. But and we, yeah. It was so fun. And she was so sweet and so nice. And it was just, again, it was surreal to be mm-hmm. invited to the whole thing. And like I told, said, she told people about us and she was like, okay, now go over to this booth right mm-hmm. here. Cause I just told them about you and we did. And that's, we walked over one of the people that she was with. He was also a vendor there and it, uh, his name was Tim and he was with a uh, forgotten boneyard, which he was, he has amazing setup mm-hmm. and amazing. Uh, we rounded the corner and it was full of wet specimens, mummified specimens, 3D printed objects. And here we have a little bit more info with Tim. He tells us a little bit more behind the scenes of what goes into his work for Forgotten Boneyard. Okay, we've jumped over a booth and we are sitting with Tim at his booth and he has preserved specimens, wet, dry, mummified bones, articulated Welcome. Hi. Hi. We met you last night with Sarah, and I, when you said what you did, I was not expecting to be, like, willing to drop all of the money I brought in one booth. (laughs) (laughs) So, the first question we always ask people is, what got you into collecting? Who was your mentor when you started this? Well, um, honestly, I don't really collect a lot of the oddities things myself. Um, I, I got into this because I'm really into nature uh-huh. um, and just the display of it and, and the preservation of it. Yeah. So um, it, it, for me, it was really just a way for me to dive into nature in a way that I could enjoy myself with art- artistically. And, and I, I give back to conservation with a lot of the things I do too. So it's a, a great opportunity for me to focus on that. Right. But uh, yeah, I don't have a lot of dead things at home. Which, I mean, I totally, I could understand that. Like when you work on them so much, you don't really want to... <laughs> display them also and I don't know about you but I'm my own worst critic so when I look at something that I've made I'm like well I could have done that better I could have done this better oh oh yeah so you make everything in your booth so walk our listeners a little bit through everything you have here well um so like my primary focus that I the thing I love to do the most I take a lot of uh animal bones and I process everything I have a very rural property in Florida so I collect things at hunter's dump i collect roadkill and i process everything on the property so i get a lot of bones and then i save organs and bits that i can for wet preservation Mm -hmm. so um with the bones i love to just do these kind of sculptures where i kind of play with the bones and things almost like they're legos and uh make something a little new it's it's really incredible your eye for it and like your audrey too with the snap with the turtle shell and the spine 
Well, in living in Florida, do you just like, when you process your bones, you just leave them outside in the elements? I do, yeah, I do. Um, I, I basically have a big pit in the back of my oh. property that is just full of death. So, um, nice. and yeah, That's writhing awesome. maggots and uh, it's very quick. I've got vulture stands and everything else. Oh, so, wow. Um, <laughs> it's a wild thing. Yeah. Okay, so how long have you been doing this specifically? Uh, about 10 years now. Wow. Yeah, this will be, uh, be going into my 10th year. Oh my God, I love it. I can't wait to share your stuff with our listeners on social media. And do you have a place, do you sell online or only at? I do. Um, it gets a little neglected sometimes because of the shows. Right. But uh, I do have a website. It's ForgottenBoneyard.com. Wow. And I do sell there. But um, yeah, primarily the shows, sometimes they just kind of take over. So right now, just I'm on the road for a month. Everybody's just going to have to wait. But Are you going, what are the next stops you're going to be at? So I'm doing uh, Las Vegas and uh, on, on September 18th. And then we're doing... Um, I'm doing Tampa in November, so I've kind of got a little break. Oh, we have some listeners in Florida, so if you're close to Tampa and you want to see his work, please go to that. Well, thank you so much for stopping your your finishing work here and talking to us for a minute. Thank you. Yeah, so so he had said, okay, so I'm not macabre, Mm -mm. but some of his stuff, I was like, oh, look at you, little friend. You should come home with me Mm because there was a dogfish shark. I was like, oh, I kind of want him. Mm-hmm. But then I could hear my husband like, what are we going to do with that? So I was like, mm, no. Right. Fast forward, I get home and I'm telling Ethan about all this stuff. And I tell him about the cute little dog or yeah, dogfish shark. Guess who says I should have gotten it? Ethan. Between that and the chinchilla, you're fired. Fired. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, and the one of the things that I was very impressed with with Tim, among other things, was I looked up on his display, and this was after we stopped recording, and there was a bat skeleton. And I said, oh, my God, that bat skeleton is fantastic. And he said to me, it's actually 3D printed. I don't sell any bat specimens in my booth because they, if you see bat specimens out for sale, they're generally poached just for the trade. They're not ethically sourced. Yeah, which I kind of found interesting mm-hmm. because I didn't think that would be an animal that would be poached. Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. So what he does is he prints these 3D bats and donates part of the proceeds to um, conservation in the areas that they're poached for trade. And I was mm-hmm. just, and he had some other stuff at the end of his booth that he has printed that the proceeds, part of them go to conservation. And I just thought that, and he does all of the processing and stuff on his property. Yeah, and it was quite the process, too. I couldn't, like, I knew a lot goes into it, but mm-hmm. just hearing him explain it, I mean, he's very dedicated to his work, yeah. which is amazing. And, like, that's what you want to see when you go to these vendors because mm-hmm. their passion comes into their work. Yeah. In this next interview, Sarah guided us down to an incredible artist set up in his booth with his lovely partner. Next, we hear from The Art of Price Jones. We've walked across the expo a little bit to the Art of Price Jones, and we kind of, we were coming from the backside, and we saw one of the vampire kits, and we rounded the corner, and Jill and I both, our jaws dropped, and then you were, you were finishing setting up things, so we didn't want to startle you. (laughs) Um, All right, so we're looking at a bunch of shadow box frames with different types of, like, um, setups in them, and dioramas kind of skulls and stuff like be found in nature okay so 
Walk us through what we're looking at in your booth. First of all, the love thy neighbor signs with the axe and the baseball bat <laughs> is the most perfect thing I've ever seen. That's inspired by real life neighbors. <laughs> they usually are. Yeah. We had some really bad ones for several years. They're all, we have nothing but good ones now. Good, good. But the old ones that we had, they were kind of a nightmare. We'd catch them like in our yard trying to steal stuff. And we're like, well, oh. we just saw it sitting out there. I didn't think you'd want it. Oh. Like, you're like, well, generally, if it's in my own yard, I still. Well, yeah. so. And someone said, you know, that's kind of mean, you know, love thy neighbor. He's like, not if you're going to help him chop a tree down. Yeah. See? You never know when you need that. I mean. What if they have a really tough steak and they need some tenderizing? Yeah. What if there's a wild hog on their property and that's, right. that's the only thing by the front door? So walk us a little bit through your artwork here, because she was saying, Melissa was saying that you make these. Every, everything. I make the boxes. No lie. And yeah, we did. We couldn't find shadow boxes we liked with interesting frames. Uh -huh. They're all just kind of boring black. So right. I went out one day to our wood shop and just decided to learn how to make a box so I could put behind frames that we find. So that's what I did. Wow. So now I make all the boxes. So and all this, like this is all. I make all the hammers, the stakes. And do you turn the these? So I'm guessing you would turn and turn that stuff on your lathe to well, make the no, wood no, pieces? Well, no, those I don't. I, I, let me see. Let's find a square one. You're all right. Oh, like these ones I make because they're okay. pretty simple and plain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, we were at the Habitat, Habitat Restore, and they had like a giant bin of like stair spindles. Oh. And they only wanted $10, and there was like hundreds of them, so I bought them all for oh. this reason. They look so good. Yeah. And they, they make... And the, and the middle part make great handles for the mallets because I make the mallets too. Wow. And then, but like I, I resin pour the Jesuses and make the crosses and hand cut all the leather and make these little crossbows and arrows all by oh hand. Oh my God. Like everything in there is handmade except for the Bible. I don't make Bibles and I don't make candles. Oh, well, <laughs> that's where else. you draw the line. You can't You're do like, it all, I'm not going to make a Bible. I'm not going to make I have, I have actually bought candle making stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> like I could take one more thing. The only thing in there is the Bible that I, you know, so... I'm forever my worst when I'm making something or I see something. I'm like, well, I could just make that. I don't have to buy it. And then you get kind of crippled with that. Then so, like these, like the, the creepy dolls are creepy. So I just kind of have fun with them, make them more creepy. Yeah, or, I think you did a good job. Or in this case, make them even prettier because she's the garden queen. So wow. Got her little eggs and everything. Oh, and I love her little pine cone coming out of her broken oh, leg yeah. and the snake yeah. skin. Yep. So she's my favorite. And rusty metal. Yeah. So anybody, anybody ever asked me my favorite color? It's rust. <laughs> All the different varieties of rust is my favorite color. It really is truly beautiful. So what? how long does it take you to make a, one of these? Well, now to assemble it, after I've got everything built, you know, about an hour. But it takes hours of prep work to right. get ready before I can sit down and build one. So. Yeah, it takes... And then, uh, like, the skulls and stuff, we find them. Either, like, this, this, these came from sheep farm that we drove by one day and saw like a thousands of sheep and thought, wow. I bet they've got a dead pile somewhere. Yeah. So we just stopped and asked them and they're like, oh yeah, come on back. And they took us back to the back of their property oh, and it was such just- such a sweet lady. Well, she just she like, just, take it all. I don't want it. Yes, exactly. I mean, we sent, we she spent two hours. She jumped on her four-wheeler and took us out in your pasture and said- Wow. She was cute. She was like probably 80 years old and she hopped on her four-wheeler side saddle. Oh. <laughs> and took us out there to the, to the back of her said, property. Okay, I see the rain coming over. She said, you better hurry or you're going to get stuck out here and left us out there. <gasps> oh, it was a deluge. Oh, no. Oh, oh and yeah. they're just bone picking like a couple vultures, oh, yeah, which is like the <laughs> best. <laughs> we were. So, a lot of the skulls we find, uh, some of them I buy from like oh, no. bobcats and stuff. We don't ever find those, uh -huh. but uh, 
We have I have friends who are trappers. I'm not a fan of the, the idea of trapping, but yeah. that, they do it, and they're going to throw them away. So yeah, we were it's just, a win-win. Like the, the animal has already been killed by somebody doing something I don't really agree with, but right. you know, there's no sense in just throwing them in the trash. So. Well, and where we live, we're from them. Idaho, and so there's lots of roadkill, but also yeah. trappers yeah. that just dump. And yeah. so that's where I've taken some of my own skulls yeah. was from those piles because... So I, I bring them home, raw meat. I, I clean them. And we, wow. have, we have a whole system in our pond that, you know, a maceration. And yeah. Different cages and stuff like that. And I clean it. So you guys have your own beetles and stuff too? No beetles. Nope? No beetles. I do it all maceration. So. What was that? Thunder? Oh, it's thunder. It's raining like crazy. Outside. No doubt. Okay. I have been I mean, in like, here long enough. came from my taxidermist friend. They just they just use the skull cap with the horns. Wow. And the rest of that just goes in their trash. So I just, I, I get them. <laughs> And save them from the dumpster. That is, I like that everything is resourced in oh, a yeah. thoughtful way and, and not just... As much as I can, even the wood that I use to make the boxes is recycled. Wow. It's from other things like pallets or whatever, but... Or That's we incredible. We'll have the Home Depot... Uh, uh, oh, the coal the, lumber? The coal rack. Yeah. yeah. We get a lot it, of stuff it is from made... the coal area. Outside of rust, purple is my favorite color. Ooh, I because love Because that's what they spray paint all the lumber, all <laughs> so the cold lumber with. So when you see the purple, with. you're like, I could buy that, I could buy that. <laughs> yes. We were, we were in there a while back, and they had like just a stack of 1x12s. And those oh. are so expensive, and they were 70% off. We got them for like $4 right. a piece. And when you're not using them for long, straight <laughs> yeah. pieces. Yeah, they don't matter. Like, right. Yeah. They can yeah. be a little wonky. Uh, yeah. So what do you guys, what does your house look like? What do you guys collect personally? It, uh, yeah, we're. <laughs> it looks like a natural history museum in there. <laughs> I think we have over 250 skulls in the living room. Alone, yeah. Alone. Not well. to mention all the taxidermy and stuff that's in there. And then shelves full of jars and the pocket areas, yeah. pocket stuff. You could just have... say that your living room's like a home theater and you just always have a large audience. Well, I mean, I just bought this to put it on the shelf. I mean, a jar oh. of morel mushrooms. Isn't it great? So, I, mean, I love that. That's just going to look we good. We have on one the shelf. wall that has all taxidermy fish swimming up it. And then we ran out of room, so all the ducks and birds are on the ceiling. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. It really Where else does. Are you put them? I mean, all right. Well, thank you both so you much nice for sharing you about your work. I can't wait to share this. I love the little bag there. Thank you. Oh, oh my little. Oh, yes, that one. Let me find it in all my nonsense. Isn't that's, that great? That's, that's, uh... So we walked down to this other booth, and with the first thing we see is like a love light, thy neighbor. And it's yes, that, and then the vampire kit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were like, holy shit, this is awesome. No, so we saw those, and then we rounded the corner, and uh, Sarah pops out behind us. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I told them about you, too. And we're like, thanks, Sarah. Thanks. <laughs> and um, she, one of the vendors, she was, like, in this little corner getting stuff right. We're like, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, we'll, sorry, we'll back we're busy. up. And she's like, no, no. And she goes, are you the podcast? <laughs> we're like, yeah, that's us. And when we rounded the corner into the booth, there was a great big wooden hand-painted banner that said The Art of Price Jones. And that's who we were talking to. We started talking to his partner first. And um, she was telling us about like where they're from. And this was their first time this far west. They're from Oklahoma. And we were looking at all the art in the booth. And I was like, wow, this is really incredible. And she goes, I, she was so sweet. She was like, I don't do any of the art. I just am here to like help set up and do all. She was so sweet. And she said, but it's my honeys. And she like shouts down the expo hall. Yeah, it was so cute. And it just reminded me of my grandparents because my grandparents were, my grandma's from Oklahoma mm. and my grandpa was from Arkansas and they would do the same thing. <laughs> and then when she did, I was like, oh. Yeah. And so he comes 
coming back to us and he comes in and just goes, I asked him first, I says, okay, if we record a little bit and we get in and he was like walking around the booth telling us everything that goes into, and they were these incredible hand built shadow boxes, everything handmade and the detail in each one. And they ranged in size from, I would say 10 by 12 to almost three feet tall to two feet wide. They were Mm -hmm. huge and they were everywhere from like, vampire kits possession kits um they had some he, he says during his interview which i love is his favorite colors rust yes i loved that too and i was so you know we're sitting there talking to him and i'm asking him about his process and he's like everything i use is either reclaimed or i made it he goes except for the bibles and the candles i didn't yeah. get into that <laughs> <laughs> but it was and he had some incredible hand-painted art in his booth as well and it was i could have stood there four hours gazing into those shadow boxes because every inch was covered in a new detail. Yeah. Well, I was because you were doing the interview. I was like, I will take pictures. (laughs) You do, you do you and I'll do the back. And Mm -hmm. like there, like in some of them, like just the tiniest of bugs and you had to really look in the boxes to see them and find them. But um, like it, they were simply beautiful. Yeah. And I was just at the, the artistic eye it takes to not only build a shadow box, but to build a shadow box that tells that much of a story in one glance. Yeah. And you can like, yeah. And you can see the story in it. And mm-hmm. he also, um, which was also like fascinating and beautiful, the, um, wood pictures that he had in there, he had hand painted himself. And he even said he doesn't sell those as much as he sells the shadow boxes, mm-hmm. but he does that too. Like he just was like, Oh yeah, I just do that. Too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I just do that. Just so talented. I, I cannot wait to own one of his pieces because they are. I really wish I would have gotten one of those love thy neighbors. There was this beautiful, like hand painted sign. And then hanging below it was either an ax or a barbed wire covered bat. Or, and it was so sweet because we were like, love thy neighbor. And he goes, yeah, maybe they had a tree fall on their property and you got to get over there and help them finish cutting it down. Or yeah. maybe they got a wild boar problem and you got to use that bat or they need meat tenderizing. It was just, you could <laughs> tell that they get a lot of commentating about those when people come into their booths. Yeah. But it was, and then we, by this time, as we were finishing up our interview with them, the doors opened and we thought it best to not interrupt any other vendors because the show is only for one day. And so we thought it best. Let's put the recording equipment away and now we'll just walk around and we'll look at everything and talk to some more people and introduce the show. And it was really, it was incredible. It was was funny too, because also surreal when, because we had vendor passes Mm -hmm. on. And so people would be like, Oh, what, where's your booth or what do you sell or whatever? And we'd be like, Oh, you know, we were given these, we have a podcast, the mothball prophecies and more people than not were like, Oh, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. I'm going to listen to this as we travel Mm -hmm. wherever they were going. And it was just like, or we had a couple people go, Oh, you guys are the mothball prophecies. And we were both just like, yeah, I'm just going to go turn into a snail somewhere else. Like, yeah, Yeah. it was, um, it was a, an incredible experience. And there was a couple of times that I had to like stop myself from crying because we, you know, this show is only a year old. And last year I was like, we're going to take it on the road. I didn't know when that was going to happen. I didn't know how we were going to do that. 
And I just have to like pour my heartfelt thanks into all of our listeners and to our Patreon members and anybody who has shared our show or talked about our show or contributed in some way. Thank you so much. I cannot tell you how good it feels to have a community that gets both Jill and I and understands how important these stories are and understands how important, you know, telling the history of vintage and why we all love it so much um, is such a big deal. And I feel incredibly honored every Sunday when I get to sit down and put an episode out for you guys that we've worked so hard on. Um, so thank you. Thank you to, you know, the first year of mothball and the first mothball road trip. Yeah. I, like I said, it's surreal. And when we started this, we didn't know where we were going. No. We were happy if like our family and friends were the only ones to listen to it, but we wanted to make sure these stories were out there and it just, it got so fast that I was just like, hey, I usually hey. go, sorry, Jill, I'm sorry. I but it's so, I mean, not only are we building a community of collectors, but not only old collectors, but new ones, mm-hmm. like, because you've been collecting for practically your whole life. Mm-hmm. I'm new to it. And I think both of us have showing both sides of the spectrum that you don't have to be doing this and your taste can change mm-hmm. constantly. You don't have to stay with one thing for the rest of your life. Yeah. And, you know, it's like your collection matures with you and, and that just, it's just been so nice with the people that have come and been like, Oh, you know, and it's like funny because we were talking. I was like, hi, I'm the soccer mom that came to the PTO meeting. And this is not where it's at, you know, <laughs> but it was. And then like the audience or uh, the crowd came in and there's just people from all spectrums. Mm-hmm. And it was so humbling to see that even, you know, where we live, there was quite, it, we were shocked by how many people yeah. were there. It was packed. Yeah. And it's so, I was, I was so happy for all the vendors there because all the vendors had people there mm-hmm. buying things and you and I bought a few things and it's just so fun. It's yeah. so fun. And I am grudgingly thankful that Sam had asked me to do this. I, and now that we travel well together, we're unstoppable, Jill. <laughs> unstoppable. Well, yeah. And it's just, yeah, they, I say it too much, entirely too much. And Greg gets mad at me. He's like, stop saying thank you so much. He's going to get <laughs> mad at that just because I am prophetic in the way that I say thanks. But truthfully, you know, from having a dream from, you know, starting it, the idea in 2018 to be here now feels pretty fucking great. And it does. I cannot wait to go to LA and meet some more faces and see some more people. We're going to take a lot more stickers with us this time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can't wait to see what uh, the future of the Mothball Prophecies holds. But thank you so much for listening uh, this week. We will be making a dedicated post with all of our pictures and stuff from um, this week. There's also been a couple reels posted of stuff we've done walking around. We will be sure to tag all of the vendors that we shopped from and um, that we interviewed for this episode and right now we would like to take the time to thank our beloved patrons who without all of you we would not have been able to have this trip 
So thank you. So thank you so much for giving me my first business trip experience. (laughs) This is what we had to do. We had to get Jill's feet wet. (laughs) Our undying thanks and gratitude goes to Katrina and Erica in Arizona. Gray in Colorado. Emily and Crystal in Nevada. We did not forget about you. Ruth, all the way in good old British Columbia. Thank you, thank you for joining. Tipping my hat to you. Ruby, all the way in Ohio. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Erin in Wisconsin. Girl, you are it. Mm -hmm. Thank you, and also thanks for the vintage. (laughs) (laughs) RJ in Florida for being one of the first listener stories we had submitted. Yes, Gina in South Carolina. Thank you for opening your doors to your beautiful craftsmanship. Really. We got to thank Julia all the way in my home country of Sweden. Been a road dog from the beginning. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Jasmine in Kentucky. One of our first and now one of our very good friends. Mm -hmm. Same goes for Kyla in Indiana. She is the resident night owl of our friends group. And she is also there to balance us out. And we are forever grateful for her wisdom. We love you. Javier, we have to thank you for your unending bar inspiration in Tiki Wisdom. Shanna, for just being you. You get some funny little comments in there. And she's got a great vintage eye, too. She's She's got some great stuff. I know. Mandy, thank you so much for also being a ride or die from the beginning found her in an mfm group that she runs and literally from like six followers in thank you so so much riley she also is one of our very first in the beginning and now very good friend and also uh, my like linen dealer <laughs> <laughs> yes and we will be seeing her in california and i cannot wait yes yeah, so and excited. here to our home state of the potato betty I love you so very much. She is a dear family friend, and I just adore her. Lisa, um, they are a client of mine, and I absolutely adore them. We have a great time when they come in for a haircut. Erin I met through a mutual friend and adore her and love the way our brains work together. TC Lionel, for all of you that are wondering, is my (laughs) husband. And he has been just so supportive and incredible in just giving Jill and I time to hide in my basement for a couple of hours every week. So I love you, honey. Melissa, we love you so much. I'll see you this week. Christina, I love you so much. And I will also see you soon because you're also a client. (laughs) Becky, we go way back. Thank you so much for continuing to support the things that I do and listening from across the state. And Ashley, for being our local estate sale sneaker outer and also the one to send us the good deals on your end of Facebook marketplace. We appreciate the hell out of you guys. This show would be absolutely nothing without the man behind the sound. Gray, thank you so much. You deal with so much shit behind the scenes as we heard in that one year episode. So thank you so much. And spell check girl. You have always had our backs from the very beginning and You are a ride and die. Mm -hmm. And especially for the ending of this episode, I honestly hope that you find some of the best shit this week. And I hope you are on your hands and knees 
digging through those boxes mm-hmm. that are hidden underneath those tables. Yep, turn that headlight on and fuck shit up. <laughs> Bye. See ya.